I don't know. I just don't really think standardized tests are that important. So I didn't put much emphasis on that in high school. And I think it paid off. Hey, college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? Today, we're going to be interviewing Catherine. So, Catherine, if you could introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Catherine. I go to George Washington University in D.C. I'm a double major in art history and creative writing, and I'm a rising junior. Cool. So let's start with the very basics. Which state did you come from? So I'm from Virginia, so not too far away from Mm -hmm. the school. Okay, so is Virginia a competitive state when it comes to college applications? I'd say it is, um, especially the area that I'm from in the high school that I went to. It's a pretty Mm -hmm. competitive atmosphere. Yeah, with schools like UVA and Virginia Tech and people from all over the country wanting to attend those schools, William & Mary, Mm -hmm. there's a bunch. I, I would argue that it is pretty competitive. Okay. So you were saying the high school you went to had something to do with it. So what kind of high school did you go to? Was it public or private? One of like the best ranked in Virginia? Yeah, I went to a public school. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm from Virginia Beach. So a lot of high schools in my city and there's these programs that most of the high schools have. So the program that I went to with my high school was the IB program. Oh, So every high school, not every high school, but most of the high schools have a program. You don't have to be a part of the program Mm -hmm. to go to that high school. But I did. So I was IB. So I took AP, IB courses, a pretty rigorous course course load. And Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of other really smart people. And so it just created Mm -hmm. a really competitive atmosphere. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can you explain the kind of difference with IB and AP because you're saying you took both but you were enrolled in an IB program yeah so IB and AP they're honestly pretty similar Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to the kinds of courses IB classes are just a little bit harder I think it's a European curriculum so you're just reading different books in English classes you have different kinds of courses offered they don't they're not too far from different AP classes or anything like that but Mm -hmm. the tests are very different they're essay based um opposed to like you know the multiple choice of AP classes and I would say that they're just ever so slightly harder (laughs) but that's just me Mm -hmm. okay so AP courses, I mean, there's like 30 some AP courses, and a lot of them are not core subject based. There's going to be like AP microeconomics or AP AP macroeconomics. So does IB offer that as well? Yeah, so IB has a a lot of classes. I really don't know how many Mm -hmm. because my school only had so many to offer because I think teachers do have to get some sort of certification to be able to teach IB classes. Same with AP or something like that. Um. So we only had so many offered. So there's so many classes. We only had a certain amount. So everyone was kind of taking the same classes every year kind of deal. I see. Okay. So what AP and IB classes did you take your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year? Mm, I don't think I took any AP classes my freshman year. My sophomore year, I took AP Gov. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then junior and senior year is really when the IB program kind of kicks you. <laughs> you take, oh my gosh, it's like IB psych. I took IB psychology, IB biology, IB mm-hmm. English, IB. It's like every subject <laughs> you take an okay. IB class for it. Um, and then to supplement those classes, I would take AP classes as like my extra. So I would take like AP statistics, AP computer science, like just. Yeah, <laughs> loaded schedule. I see. So basically, IB really starts in your junior year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. You can be in like the IB diploma program as a like IB candidate, mm-hmm. and then junior year you start the diploma candidacy. So you would start taking the exams uh-huh. your junior year into your senior year, and you would take classes that are two level two year course classes so like IB biology that's a two year course um interesting. I think yeah I don't know if there are any others that are two year courses but you do have to take different histories and yeah it's it's a really weird system <laughs> I see so by the end of high school or at least when you applied to college how many IBs and APs did you have I want to say probably like 15 I don't know the exact number off the top of my head just because I'm probably forgetting some. Okay. But yeah, quite quite a lot, like 10 to 15. So do IB, you said IBs do essay-based tests. Do they also do the um, the kind of the AP scoring system where you can go up to five? The scoring system for IB exams is so different. It actually goes up to seven. And the equivalence, I believe the equivalence to a five- would be a seven and then for a three in AP it would be like four or a five in IB Mm -hmm. but so the way that the IB program works you get a separate diploma and you have to gain a number of points so since it goes up to seven that would be like seven points I see and so you take yeah you take x amount of classes have these projects and all of these things to gain enough points I think Mm -hmm. it's above 30 to get your diploma. Oh, so like if you don't complete all those points, you're just not getting the diploma and it won't go to college? Uh, You won't get the diploma and then you can't use it. So you could use your IB diploma, I think, to apply to colleges, Mm -hmm. to apply to different programs, anything like that. But if you don't reach that threshold, then you don't get the diploma and then you can't use it. (laughs) So I assume you did get that diploma? I did, yeah. So your average IB and AP scores were relatively like four to five and like six to seven? Yeah, I would say for me, I mainly got fives and sixes, Mm -hmm. but I know people who like, you know, their averages would be four to five. I know people who got straight sevens across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, It's difficult, but it's possible. Okay. So you said that you started taking the IB courses in junior year, but that's mainly because they don't really start offering them until then. So when did you actually start thinking, you know, about college? How many extracurriculars should I have? Is this extracurricular good enough? Is my Are my grades good enough? Is my GPA going to count? So when did you start thinking about that? I think that pressure about thinking whether or not your um, college application will look good depending on what you're doing probably starts when you're like a freshman or sophomore in high school. I know for me, um, it was constantly like, I have to make sure I get the best grades. You know, I want to be a part of this and that clubs. But I didn't really start focusing on college 
until junior year, I'd say, like maybe towards the end of junior year. Okay. You went to Virginia, so I assume you took the SAT? I did. How many SATs did you take? And then what did your score end up being that you sent to all your schools? Um, I think I, I only took the test twice, and I definitely should have taken it more because I got a, I think my super score is a 1270, which, mm-hmm. you know, some people would say that's good. Some people would say that's bad. I'm just not a really good, I'm not a good test taker, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, <laughs> I didn't really study too well either. There's just a lot of factors. I was lazy. I'm not good at test taking all of that, but I mean, a lot of the schools that I applied to, you, you didn't have to include your SAT score. Like GW, you didn't have to. I included it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have the option, I honestly, you probably wouldn't have to include your SAT score. I know people who go to my school who didn't. So, Did you like kind of rush your SAT and realize like, oh, crap, I have to submit college apps, so I might as well like finish it at the end of my junior year or senior year? Is that how it went for you? I... Took the SAT, I think, my first time between sophomore and junior year. And then I took it again between junior and senior year. But it's one of those things where you really have to take time out of your day. At least for me, it just felt like a lot that you would have to do. Mm -hmm. So I would always push it to the side like, no, I'm not going to take it this weekend. Or like, no, I don't really want to do it because I didn't want to take an extra test. It's so privilege of me to be able to say that I just didn't want to take the SAT but I just didn't want to take it so I would do my best to not have to. Okay so but did you know that before you know while you were taking the SAT and when you were thinking about it did you know that a lot of the schools you wanted to apply to were test optional? I didn't actually which was really Mm -hmm. nice when I ended up finding out that they were. Mm -hmm. I know some of the schools that I applied to I would look up the SAT range Mm -hmm. and then decide whether or not to include my score on there. And I think a lot of schools are also pushing to make SAT scores test optional Yeah. Uh, with the upcoming years, especially with COVID. Like my sister is applying to colleges next year and mm-hmm. her class didn't even get the opportunity to take any SATs yeah, yeah. yet. special circumstances. Exactly. So I don't know. I just don't really think standardized tests are that important. So I didn't put much emphasis on that in high school. And I think it paid off. <laughs> I, okay. don't, I don't know if I should say that for everyone, but at least for me, with a lot of my schools being test optional, that's definitely something that you should look up if you want to know. And then also look up the range in which your school, like the, the median and average of test scores, because that will also let you know whether or not you should include it. You were saying about how like, you know, your school range and stuff. So were you near the top of your class in terms of ranking? Well, actually, let's start with your GPA. So what was your unweighted versus weighted GPA? I think my unweighted was like a 3.8 mm-hmm. versus my weighted, which was like a 4.39. Four, three, okay, so were you near the top of your class, 10%, 20%? I was the 13%, 13%. which is like so close to 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my number, it was like 52 or 53 or something like that. So I think my my grade itself had about 500, maybe less, but about 500 kids. And then the program itself had about 100 kids. Okay, so let's move on to some extracurriculars. So what kind of extracurriculars did you do both inside high school and outside of high school? Um, outside of high school, I played soccer up until my sophomore year. 
because mm-hmm. I just I didn't see myself doing it in college so I didn't really see the point in playing if I wasn't really enjoying it so yeah I did soccer for a little bit um I would do I did Girl Scouts also I got my gold award oh, um, was that like a significant thing in Girl Scouts yeah oh. <laughs> it's like the I I want to call it the equivalent to like the Eagle Scout Award, but I don't think we have to do as much as they would for a Boy Scout Eagle Award. Mm-hmm. But it's like the Girl Scout equivalent of the Eagle Award. Good. You must have been very proud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got that. Did Girl Scouts. I so that was outside of school. In school, I would do. I did varsity soccer for freshman and sophomore year then I didn't do it anymore I was a I did yearbook and then was yearbook editor my senior year I did national honor society Spanish honor society I I did a few clubs here and there but I honestly wasn't a big enough participant to be able to call myself part of that so I yeah I didn't really do anything else besides those okay so I have one little question um about honor societies and specifically national honor society national honor society what exactly do you do in that club yeah so I know you have to apply to get into it I applied got in and all we did was just community service there were I don't know if this is a universal way of how the club is set up but the way it was done in my high school was that there were different sections that you could be a part of so one was volunteering with this uh, organization. One was volunteering with this organization. One was helping to run this. And you would just pick one and then you would do that for the year. And then sometimes it was an event that would be done at the end of the year. Sometimes it was like a periodic thing that you would have to participate in. But it was essentially just like a volunteer based club. Interesting. So when you put it, when you put National Honor Society on your application, do you specifically put like, oh, I worked for this charity or I helped this shelter or do you just put National Honor Society? I just put National Honor Society. Okay. And what kind of charity and like events did you do? So from what I did is I actually worked within my school and I would Uh, babysit the teacher's children on days when we wouldn't have school but the teacher still had to come in or I would help with anything revolving like teachers making sure their kids are good Mm -hmm. just that kind of thing damn I didn't know you could babysit teachers kids yeah we had uh, that program set up because I know a lot of times kids won't have school but the teachers still have to go in for work it'd be like a teacher work day Mm -hmm. so we would we would watch their kids on those days. I see. So and how much of your time was like in a week, how much of your time was dedicated to National Honor Society? Is it like a big responsibility? Um, for my school, it wasn't that big of a responsibility, especially the section that I did, just mm-hmm. because, you know, those teacher work days only occur every once in a while. So I, I bet for other groups, they could be a little bit more. But for me, it was maybe like a monthly thing. Okay, so it didn't take like too much. You didn't have to like go somewhere every weekend and like participate for hours. Right. So, oh, and one more thing. My friend told me that National Honor Society, you know, I don't know if this is true or not. National Honor Society is is not something that you need on your application. But he says that like a lot of colleges expect you, like especially the more elite you get, they kind of expect you to be a National Honor Society. So do you think that's true? Do you think it like helped you at all on your application? 
Um, I don't know if you would necessarily need it on your application, especially if you're doing so many other things. You know, Mm -hmm. you can be a well-rounded student, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a part of every single little club. But I think if you have the opportunity to apply to National Honor Society, go ahead and do it just because it is a universally renowned organization. It's like community service based, which also looks good on an application. And I'm not saying just like do it to make look good on an application. But if you have the opportunity, you should because you have to have a certain GPA average to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's like qualifications. So if you meet those qualifications, it doesn't hurt. I see. Okay. And then you also said that you do National Spanish Honor Society. So did you get like a bilingual certificate? Uh, actually, I did. I Since I took IB Spanish, Virginia Beach City Public Schools ended up giving me a biliteracy seal mm-hmm. slash like certificate kind of thing. So I have that under my belt. <laughs> so how's your Spanish nowadays? Um, It's all right. <laughs> I, I don't have the opportunity to use it too often and uh, Duolingo is just not my, my favorite. So oh. I don't use it that often. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to your recommendation letters. So who did you get them from? And I'm, I'm pretty sure you got your recommendation letter from your guidance counselor as well. So what kind of teachers did you pick and how did you know who to ask for? Um, I had my lovely English teacher and my lovely psychology teacher do it. I really liked them and we were, I would say we were, you know, like friend teacher Mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, They were super sweet and, you know, I honestly think teachers expect, especially at that time, that they're just going to get like a flood of letters that kids are going to want them to to do mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of times some of the teachers in my school they would like cap it and be like I'm only going to do like 10 rec letters or something like that but I was really lucky I also started my process a little bit early so I got the opportunity to ask them just ever so slightly early and yeah I didn't read up the, the rec letters or anything I don't know if some people do but I yeah I was really fond of those teachers and I'm just really glad that I had the opportunity to have them write me rec letters. Okay. And then what about your guidance counselor? Did you get one from her too or him or her? Uh, yeah, I think I, I'm pretty sure the guidance counselors uh, have to write one. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew my guidance counselor, not well, but I knew him well enough for him to recognize that I was like a good student and pretty organized. So I believe he wrote me a good one as well. <laughs> okay, good. So if you're comfortable with sharing, could you tell us about, well, let's start with your essay process. So when did you start writing your essays? I would, how, okay, I'm kind of like an organizational, per, like I put a lot of emphasis on organization. So as soon as I figured out what colleges I wanted to apply to, and as soon as I had my common app set up when I was able and eligible, I would, I made a Google Drive folder and I would copy and paste the prompts into separate docs and then write them. Mm -hmm. And I think I I would start that day that I did it or whatever, and then I would keep coming back to them, revising them. I spent not too much time on them, but I spent like a good amount of time working on those essays just because I wanted them to be Um, my best. Okay, so if you don't mind sharing at least like your common app essay, what was it generally about? I honestly don't really remember exactly what I chose just because I think I ended up writing so many essays because each college requires 
or not, I guess they don't require, but a lot of colleges do require a lot of essays. Mm -hmm. So I think I ended up writing like three for one college and that in itself was just a lot. I, I don't know if my common app essay was even like asked for by all the colleges because a lot of them will separately ask for Oh, so not all of them were common apps. Some were like different types of admissions. I think every school I applied to was common app, but they would all ask a different essay question. So they'd have like the common app essay, but then they'd be like, here are some supplement essays that you have to do as well. So I think I ended up writing, I don't know how many, a bunch of essays just because they'd be like common app essay, supplement, supplement. So what colleges did you apply to? Like, like, give me all of it, and then we'll talk about which ones you got accepted, waitlisted, and then rejected from. Yeah, I did that same system of, like, you know, a reach school, like, middle school that you could get into, hopefully, and then safeties. Oh, is it, so like, the 333 system? Yeah, except I didn't do three. I just did, like, I did 212. Okay. <laughs> I, I only applied to five colleges. I applied to Vanderbilt on the whim I did not think I was going to get in I applied to NYU GW uh, George Mason and VCU Virginia Commonwealth okay so did you have a chance to tour any of these colleges I had the opportunity to tour NYU when I had visited New York Mm -hmm. I think a while ago and then I toured almost every Virginia school just because me and my friend, we just did a road trip with our parents and just tried to hit every single school. I did not get to tech, though. It was too far. <laughs> okay. Did you go to GW? Because that is the school that you attend now. So do, did you get to tour GW? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did that one by myself. <laughs> okay. So did that college stand out to you the most? I would say the two colleges that stood out to me the most were NYU and GW, just because I knew I wanted to live in a city. And those were the two that I applied to that were like actually integrated into the city um, where the buildings, you know, they're they're not like skyscrapers like NYU, but the buildings are just integrated into that city life. You know, you have metro lines, you have, you know, people singing on subway corners for money, just like all of that. Yeah, yeah. when I I visited GW, it was I was surprised at how close it was to the actual like D.C. district. Yeah, you're right next to the White House, right next to all the monuments, super close to Georgetown. It's like a really good location. Yeah, it's good for like politics and like international studies and stuff. Definitely. Okay. So did you apply early action, early decision to any schools or did you apply all regular decision? I applied all regular. Okay. And what did you, you know, what did you get accepted into, waitlisted and rejected from? Yeah, so I did not get into Vanderbilt. That's kind of given. I <laughs> couldn't have gotten okay. into that anyways. Um, NYU, I was rejected. And then GW, I got in. I got into Mason and I got into BCU. Okay, so when you were um, accepted into those schools, did you immediately know that you were going to go to GW? GW was actually my last acceptance letter. Oh. So um, I don't know why it took so long, but I knew from VCU and Mason that I had gotten in like I think a week or even two weeks earlier than GW so I was just like okay cool I was rejected from two schools I got into those two so it like looks like so far I'm gonna have to choose between like those two state schools and then I got into GW and I was just like wow thank you I'm going to GW (laughs) 
So did you have the financial means to attend GW without like massive debt or did GW offer like at least generous financial aid that you were able to attend the school? Yeah, I'm really lucky. I got a scholarship and then some financial aid too on top of that, which made it like I think my freshman year I made it the same amount to attend if as if I was going to go to a state school. So how could I not? <laughs> and oh, then yeah. my sophomore year, I also got a good amount of aid and a good amount of money from that scholarship to where I was able to like continue attending. So, okay. So let's do one more thing before we move on to, you know, the actual GWU experience, which Mm -hmm. um, thing in college, whether that's an AP an IB an extracurricular you did or like any rigorous courses that you took, what do you think prepared you the most for college? Honestly, I think, All of my IB classes prepared me for college because it was just constantly working. Like every class you would have homework, every class you would have to learn how to balance that time of work, Mm -hmm. social life, and also like being at school, obviously. And just learning how to handle such a large course load really helped prepare me at least for attending GW Mm -hmm. I know some people disagree with that um, opinion of mine but college ended up being a lot easier for me than it was for high school which honestly I'm grateful for because now I'm not breezing through college but it's definitely a really pleasing experience because I'm not constantly doing a lot of work because I learned how to manage it already I see that's good. Yeah, when I was talking to April, which was like, you know, you know, April, my first interview. So she was saying how when her um, high school changed the class size, like the class time from like 50 minutes to an hour and 15. She said that really helped her because she adjusted to the longer college like lectures and discussion sessions. So did you find it hard to adjust to the longer times? Did you like find it hard to pay attention for a longer period of time? Or were you fine with that? No, honestly, I, I, being in a public school, you know, that's like an eight hour day. So it's like back to back classes Mm -hmm. in college. I don't really have back to back classes. My schedule, I've been really lucky. I've always had a break. So it'd be like an hour and 15 minute class Mm -hmm. break, (laughs) another hour and 15 minute class. And I think that is just so much better for my attention span. I can eat between classes. I, I just prefer the college experience of classes so much more than high school and you said you're an organized person so did you find it really like relieving or were you really happy when you discovered that you could make your own schedule and like plan between classes choose when you get to do this rather than high school telling you oh you have this class period one period two period three I'm not gonna lie at first I was really overwhelmed by the process because you know you're just thrown into the process and you have just a million classes to choose from and that's a lot but once you learn how to get it then you can really create your own schedule and make it work so Mm -hmm. I have not had class on a Friday at all that's a relief (laughs) yeah it's just when you can really figure out how to take the classes required to graduate in a perfect schedule that fits it's such a relief okay and what I actually lied this is not my last that was not my last question about high school so you were saying how being in an IB program an AP program you were able to it helped you kind of balance out your life and you mentioned how you balanced out your social life as well so how were you able to you know have a 
I'm assuming pretty decent social life, maintain really good grades, do your extracurriculars while also making time for other things. So how did you manage to keep up your grades, but also, you know, have time for yourself and your friends? What I would do, I, this is just a me thing. I don't know if this is universally what people would do, but I would um, go to school, try to just, you know, have some social life at school. And then I would stay after school a little bit, whether it was an extracurricular or just like hang out with friends And then after that, I would go home and then I would just like do homework for the rest of the night just to make sure I had that done. Or I would do homework at school if I had like a study block or a free block to do something. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, I would do my best to take advantage of that free time. (laughs) I see. Okay, so you were pretty balanced in high school. It wasn't like terribly academically pressured that you didn't do anything else for the four years. Right. I wouldn't say it was too bad. There definitely were moments where I was so school oriented that it would take up a lot of my life. But by the end of this, my senior year, when I had just totally figured out how to balance everything, Mm -hmm. it was fine. That concludes part one of my interview with Catherine. Make sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when part two comes out. But other than that, I'll see you guys then. 